Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your Daily Dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, we are breaking down a busy Monday around the NFL. Le'Veon Bell did not show up to the Steeler facility. We'll update you on when you can expect Le'Veon to return to the Steelers. Amari Cooper traded from the Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys for a surprisingly high draft pick that really does set the market, again, for some of the other trades that are happening around the NFL. And one of those could be the trade of Patrick Peterson from the Arizona Cardinals. He has to be traded. Uh, We'll talk about that and whether or not the Steelers should have any interest there. And then finally today, we're going to grade the Steeler defense through the first six games of the season. We're not quite halfway through the year yet, right? Six out of six out of 16, but it is the bye week. It's a good time to take a step back, evaluate that defense through the first six games. Where are they now? How have they been position by position? And I think it's an interesting time because again, there could be a trade in the works defensively. Is a Patrick Peterson trade worth it given where the Steelers are? We'll talk about that today as well. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button, and you will get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. Find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, or join the Facebook group. And you can also find us on Instagram now at Locked On Steelers. And let's start today with some news and notes. Le'Veon Bell did not show up to the Steeler facility on Monday to sign his franchise tag. Likely now the holdout extends into next week. As you heard Adam Schefter say yesterday, this is this is likely because of the fact that Le'Veon doesn't want to be traded, and so he's going to wait until after that October 30th deadline to show up. That means that you can expect Le'Veon back for Wednesday's practice next week for when you can likely expect Le'Veon to show up, sign the franchise tag, and then the Steelers have to determine, do they use the roster exemption? Do they sit him out for a couple weeks and try to get him back into shape? Again, that's that's going to be going into that big game in Baltimore, a huge division decider in a couple weeks, and the Steelers are going to be dealing with getting Le'Veon back in that same week. And not a great scenario, but again, I guess the threat of trading Le'Veon forced his hand here because he doesn't want to be traded, so We'll see what happens. Again, I think you can you can safely expect Le'Veon Bell will be back at some point next week, and likely Wednesday uh, is the day. So Wednesday of next week when we can expect Le'Veon back in a Steeler uniform. Before we get to Patrick Peterson, I want to tell you guys about Vivid Seats, an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. And for Steeler fans, that means a trip out to Heinz Field. There's really nothing like seeing this team in person, in Heinz Field. And if you've already been to Heinz and you're just looking for great prices on tickets, look no further. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. And then let's get to these reports about all-pro cornerback Patrick Peterson. It's been a whirlwind of reports over the past couple weeks. Of course, a couple weeks ago, it was reported that Peterson would be on the trade block and could be traded before that October 30th deadline. That was quickly refuted by both the head coach and owner of the team. The Cardinals saying, we're not trading Patrick Peterson. That Those, uh, those rumors are false. Then it came out yesterday from Adam Schefter of ESPN that Patrick Peterson has asked the Arizona Cardinals to trade him before that October 30th deadline, just about a week away now. 
And that was quickly refuted again, this time by head coach Steve Wilkes coming out and saying, we're not trading Patrick Peterson. Now, not necessarily refuting the idea that Peterson has asked to be traded. That seems to be very true here. But the idea that the Cardinals would trade him, again, Steve Wilkes saying they're not, that's not going to happen. Now, uh, you know, again, we're, we're about a week away here from the trade uh, deadline. Peterson doesn't want to be with the Cardinals. This, this is the second time we've heard these. We've heard this come up. Uh, and according to Steelers cornerback, uh, Steelers, former Steelers cornerback, Bryant McFadden, who now works for CBS and is Patrick Peterson's cousin, Patrick Peterson's preferred landing spot is the New Orleans Saints. Now, the problem with the New Orleans Saints is that they have no cap space. They're about $2 million under the cap right now. So they couldn't they couldn't fit Patrick Peterson under the cap unless they did some pretty crazy maneuvering at this point. They also traded away their 2019 first-round pick last year in the draft to move up for Marcus Davenport. So, again, the Saints as a, as a potential landing spot for Patrick Peterson just don't make a whole lot of sense. Also... Yeah, that would be within the same within the same conference. You know, do the do the Cardinals want to trade Patrick Peterson? If they do trade Patrick Peterson, well, they want to trade him in the same conference. Seems more likely they'd want to ship him to the other conference. And so, uh, Brian McFadden also reported that the three teams most interested right now are the Philadelphia Eagles, which makes a ton of sense. They have, they have a bunch of problems at corner right now. And I mean, they have a bunch of problems all over, but corner is one of them for sure. The New England Patriots, who again, defensively, they're, you know, they're in shambles as they were a year ago. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, who have maybe the worst defense in football right now, and certainly a very bad secondary that could use an upgrade like Patrick Peterson. So those are the three teams, according to Brian McFadden, that are most interested right now in trading for Patrick Peterson. The question here on Locked On Steelers is, will the Steelers be interested in potentially making a trade? For Patrick Peterson. Let's talk about if that makes sense for the Steelers to actually make this trade. Clearly, they have a need at outside corner. We've talked about the struggles of Artie Burns all season. It's not getting better for him. Even in a, a quality performance against the Bengals, you know, Artie Burns not among the, the you know, not among the uh, the quality there. Uh, they, they, I mean, they need an outside corner. You know, whether it's Artie Burns, Cody Sensabaugh, Cam Sutton, I mean, all of those guys have filled in at times, but you know, they don't have a clear guy they can go to right now at outside corner. And the problem really for them is that they don't have someone who I think can even develop into that guy at this point. And so, you know, from just from a just from a would Patrick Peterson make a bun, make a sense on the Steelers? Of course. I mean, a a lineup of Joe Hayden across from Patrick Peterson with with Mike Hilton in the slot would be a very, very good cornerback trio to have. And again, you'll have Artie Burns or Cody Sensabaugh or Cam Sutton backing those guys up. I think the Steelers would be very happy if that were the case. Now, Patrick Peterson's salary is around $6 million prorated through the end of the 2018 season. So it's $11 million, but again, the Steelers will be trading for him, let's say, next week. So you have to prorate that out. So it's right around $6 million for the rest of the year. What's funny about $6 million, that just so happens to be the figure uh, that the Steelers saved with Le'Veon Bell's holdout, right? $6 million is right around where the Steelers are right now in added cap space thanks to Le'Veon Bell's holdout. In fact, according to OverTheCap.com, the Steelers are $9.6 million under the salary cap, and that number will continue to rise as Le'Veon's holdout continues. Remember, he's not going to show up until next week, so in all likelihood... We're not going to see. We're going to see Le'Veon Bell give up another eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, which will then get added to the Steelers' cap space. So the Steelers will have more than enough room to get Patrick Peterson under the salary cap 
in 2018. Now, he's also under contract for two more years, 2019 and 2020, and that's where things get a little more dicey when we talk about the Steelers and their cap situation. Patrick Peterson's salary in 2019 is $11 million, $12 million in 2020. That's pretty high, and it would mean that the Steelers would have $20-plus million invested in their starting cornerbacks in 2019. Joe Hayden will count for $12 million in cap space next year. That's the last year of his current contract. The Steelers could work out a long-term deal with Hayden. They could even try to work out a long-term deal with Patrick Peterson. But again, you're kind of kicking the can down the road there. At some point, you know, those that will <laughs> will come back to haunt you. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, again, I think $20-plus million invested in, in the cornerback spot I don't. I don't know that the Steelers would actually do that. I mean, look, twenty for twenty eighteen, it makes a ton of sense. If this were a one year deal for Patrick Peterson, it makes a ton of sense. Now for next year, you know, they just go into twenty nineteen and try to trade him immediately. Uh, would they have? Would he have to be some sort of salary cap casualty? Would it, it would kind of force their hand maybe in getting a longer term deal for a guy like Joe Hayden to get that cap number down from twelve million dollars to somewhere closer to half that, so they could have some wiggle room. The, the salaries for Patrick Peterson are certainly a hindrance for the Steelers making for the Steelers making this trade. And then the other part of this is compensation, right? What do the Cardinals want for Patrick Peterson? Clearly, they don't want to trade Patrick Peterson, so they're not just going to accept any offer for him, right? I mean, they're, they're clearly going to want a team to go above and beyond in the trade offer for Patrick Peterson in order for them to make to make this deal. And there's going to be a bunch of competition, as we've heard. The, the Patriots are interested, the Eagles are interested, the Chiefs are interested. I'm sure other teams are going to come in and be interested as well. And so there's going to be some trade offers given to the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people have brought up the Darrell Revis trade as the appropriate conversa- uh, compensation for Patrick Peterson. The Jets traded Revis to the Buccaneers for a first and fourth round pick. Uh, so if, if that's the appropriate compensation for Patrick Peterson, and I think it probably is, a 28-year-old corner, yeah, again, he's, he's not a ton of salary. He's the fourth highest paid corner. So, you know, his, his salary is right in line with where he should be. But again, a first and fourth rounder, this is kind of where the record scratches, right? And the idea that the Steelers are really going to trade for Patrick Peterson, you know, we start to enter fantasy land a little bit here. The idea of the Steelers trading a first round pick is unprecedented in the Kevin Colbert era. They they just don't do it, right? When we go back to the, the, the idea that the Steelers were going to trade for Khalil Mack, right? I mean, you know, that was two first-round picks they were going to have to go up and pay Khalil Mack $20-plus million a year. I mean, again, that was as far into fantasy land as you can possibly go, just given what, given the Steelers' track record. Here, I mean, again, even if, we, even if you argue, look at what they did, they brought in Joe Hayden, they gave him this big contract, right? That, you know, they, they clearly see a need of upgrading this position. I, I, again, I can go with you guys on... Maybe the contract, the Steelers could work that out. They could make that work. But the idea that the Steelers are going to have to trade a first-round pick for Patrick Peterson, they just don't trade away these picks. They just do not do it. I mean, they not only do they not trade these high picks for players, they rarely ever even move back in the draft. I mean, they just value that pick. They value their spot in the draft far too highly in my eyes. Again, you know, is Patrick Peterson better for this football team than, than Jarvis Jones or than Bud Dupree right now or than Artie Burns, right? These are some of the Steelers' first-round picks that they've had over the past couple years. The argument has always been don't trade your first-round pick because the Steelers always hit on their first-round pick. It's always a, a quality starter down the line. Again, the, by drafting him, you're, you're saving a bunch of money because the rookie contracts right now are so low, right? I mean, again, there's a bunch of reasons why the Steelers do this, 
But given their recent track history, the Steelers have missed on a few first-round picks here, especially defensively. And it's led to the situation we're in today. And so you can make you can make an argument that the Steelers should be more willing to trade away these high picks, especially for guys who are proven at positions of significant need. It's just not how the Steelers operate, though. At this point, I would expect if the Steelers were going to make a trade for Patrick Peterson, I think a second-round pick is the most that they would offer. And, I, and there's no way that a second-round pick for Patrick Peterson is going to be enough to get him, to get the Cardinals to trade. And it's, it's, there's no way that another team's not going to offer more than a second round pick. So again, I doubt the Steelers will make this pick. But the next question would be, should the Steelers even make this offer? I've heard this said around a little bit, is the idea that the Steelers shouldn't be trading for Patrick Peterson because there's too many other holes defensively that bringing in Peterson isn't going to fix enough, right? It's going to cause some long-term hurt as far as salary cap. You're going to trade away a first-round pick, maybe more than just a first-round pick. You're getting back Patrick Peterson, who you're going to have for maybe a season or two before the salary is just not going to work out anymore. Is it is it is it right even in the short term to bring in a guy like Patrick Peterson? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about... Uh, the Steeler defense and where it is right now and whether or not a guy like Patrick Peterson would even make sense to fix some of the deficiencies we've seen so far this season. And so let's go position by position and talk about where this defense is right now through the first six weeks of the year. On the defensive line, this should be the star of the show defensively, but instead it's been it's been the real disappointment of the year. Hayward has been good, maybe not as good as he was last year, but we expected Hayward to come down from what was a truly all-pro season he had in 2017. And again, the latter half of 2017 was better for Hayward than the front half. And so, again, hopefully that maintains in 2018. Hayward, certainly not to me, you know, the biggest disappointment here. Stefan Tuitt, on the other hand, completely disappeared in the 2018 season. Better against Cincinnati, better in these last couple weeks. Seems to find some sort of rhythm. Maybe he had some sort of injury bothering him at the beginning parts of the year, because too often this year, he has been a complete non-factor. A lot of people had him pegged as being a breakout player on this defense and on this defensive line. I said I thought he could be better than Cam Hayward, and we've seen Stephon Tuitt be that kind of player. Again, we've seen Stephon Tuitt be very, very good, borderline dominant as a defensive lineman. Go back to the year two years ago where Cam Hayward sat out the second half of the year, and it was really on Stephon Tuitt to carry that defensive line. Stephon Tuitt was fantastic that season. Now, he, he struggled with that injury a year ago. And so, going into 2018, the thought was, a healthy Stephon Tuitt, given what he did two years ago, if, you know, if he turns that on alongside Cam Hayward, this is going to be a dominant year for him. And instead, he's been by far the most disappointing player on the defense. We've seen better from him. We've seen better from him, but at, at, he's just been—he's getting pushed around out there. There's no interior pressure from him. He's been completely silent at times this year. Getting better again. Getting better. Hopefully, whatever was ailing him, whatever was the problem, those first four weeks of the year, he's figured it out. Because Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt have to be the best players on this defense. Talent-wise, they probably are the best players on this defense, and they need to show it on the football field. With consistency, this team needs to get interior pressure. The talent is there. Cam Hayward has the talent. He had 12 and a half sacks a year ago. Stephon Tuitt has the talent. We've seen it throughout his career. Javon Hargrave, underrated so far. Three sacks 
in 2018. The talent is there on the defensive line. The arrow is pointing up. Again, Hayward playing well. Tewitt played well against Cincinnati. Hargrave has been underrated. The Bengals game was the best game of the year for the defensive line. But they have to keep improving. This team has to be able to get pressure up the middle. They can't rely on their outside linebackers who have been just as inconsistent as the defensive line has been. They can't rely on a guy like Mike Hilton to be brought on a blitz or some sort of delayed blitz, whether it's Hilton or whether it's Sutton. They cannot continue to rely on that. This team has to be able to get pressure from its best players, and its best players, talent-wise, should be Kim Hayward and Stephon Tua. They need to they need to be better in the second half of the year. At inside linebacker, this has been the surprise of the year for me. And it's a surprise because coming into the year, I thought this this uh, this group, this position position group was going to be the worst on the roster. This was going to be a dumpster fire in 2018. Or at least that was the expectation. I mean, you had Bostic versus Matikiewicz in camp and, and preseason, and neither guy looked impressive at all. I mean, the liabilities that they showed in run defense and in their in trying to fill gaps, angles to, to the ball carrier, covering receivers out of the backfield. And I'm here to tell you, Largely, I think this inside linebacker group has been not bad. Not great. Not great. They haven't been a good. They haven't been good. They've just been not bad, which is far better than I expected this to be. Again, I've said this before. I think Bostic has been a really pleasant surprise on this defense, especially against the run. He's been very good. Very good run stuffer. Very physical at the point of attack. Very good getting getting to his gap assignment. Look, they still have liabilities covering over the middle. We saw that against Cincinnati, but that's been that's been the story of this football team forever. That has more to do with schematics than it does with the players out there. Because again, teams were even killing us over the middle back when Ryan Shazier was at inside linebacker. It's it's not been like you know again, 20, 2018 is a, this 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 idea that their teams are beating us over the middle is new to twenty eighteen. It's just that's not the case. So again, I'm not going to blame this team for being poor over the middle. In coverage, that has been a, that has been a problem for this team for a long time now. I am excited though to see LJ Fort. He was very good against the Atlanta Falcons. Very very good in covering a running back out of the backfield. Now I don't think Vince Williams was bad in this way against Joe Mixon, but LJ Fort really bottled up Tevin Coleman, a guy who can kill you out of the backfield, and and Fort really shut down Tevin Coleman in that football game, and 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 that was really part of the the Falcons game plan in that game was to get the ball to Tevin Coleman, you know, make him make our make the Steelers miss some tackles and get free yardage that way and they just weren't able to do it and I think LJ Fort was a large reason why. I'm excited. Again, the Steelers don't have so much talent at the starting group of inside linebackers that there's a guy they have they can't take off the field. I think that they would be very smart to continue a rotation there of bringing LJ Fort in the game in obvious passing downs. He is so good in those moments, so good at covering guys like Tevin Coleman, who have been a weakness of that Steeler inside linebacker group. I hope that they don't they don't get uh, you know they don't get stubborn here and keep Vince Williams out there and and keep L.J. Ford on the bench when we've seen L.J. Ford uh, play so well against the Falcons. And then we still have the waiting game of Matthew Thomas, right? I mean, you know, again, I think the Matthew Thomas the Matthew Thomas story may just be that he sits out all of 2018, and we'll see him in 2019, but very impressive, very athletic. Again, if the Steelers are going to continue to get beat down the middle in coverage, if they're still going to struggle to to kind of carry guys down the field at the inside linebacker position, you know, Matthew Thomas, as he continues to grow now six weeks into the season, you know, again, hopefully he's practicing well and we can get him into the lineup in the back half of the year in some way if the Steelers struggle in that uh, in that way as far as covering guys 
down the field in the middle of the field. I think Matthew Thomas could be an answer there as the season continues. At outside linebacker, the problems are very similar to the defensive line in that it just needs to be more consistent. The play at outside linebacker just needs to be more consistent. TJ Watt leads the team in sacks with six. In fact, he's eighth in the NFL in sacks with six, but they've come in two games, right? They, they came against the Browns and they came against the Falcons, and he's been not silent in those other games, but he just hasn't gotten to the quarterback. And for Bud Dupree, look, he's got, he's got three sacks already throughout the 2018 season, which puts him on pace to get more than the six sacks he got last year, which was the highest in his career. And credit to Bud Dupree, he stayed healthy, as has TJ Watt throughout the 2018 season. But the consistent pass rush, we're, we're just not getting it from our outside linebacker group. One thing I was very surprised to see, I went on Pro Football Focus to see how they've rated these guys, you know, how, how, how their ratings compared to, you know, to my perception of these players. Bud Dupree on, on Pro Football Focus has, has the highest coverage rating of any player on the Steelers, any player in coverage, uh, tied with Mike Hilton. Tied with Mike Hilton. Again, Mike Hilton's been great. Bud Dupree right there with him. And what's funny is, you're talking to Steeler players, they always joke about how Bud Dupree, you know, they call him, you know, Bud Dupree Revis or Bud Dupree Sherman or whatever. You know, Bud, Bud being this great coverage linebacker. The switch between he and Watt has meant that Bud Dupree has dropped into coverage more often. But you know, again, I, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not sure I'm ready to say Bud Dupree is a great coverage linebacker at this point. And that's certainly not where the Steelers I think intended for him to be, either going into the year or, or when they drafted him. I mean, they they intended for Bud Dupree to be a dominant pass rusher. I think that you know the ship has sailed there. You watch Bud Dupree; he still has not developed a consistent consistent pass rush moves. In fact, he relies so much on that speed rush, and it keeps him out of plays. I mean, he just gets taken for a ride by the tackle, right by the quarterback. He relies on it so much. He hasn't, and again, he hasn't utilized kind of a comeback move there uh, where, again, if the tackle is going to try and take him for a ride around the quarterback, you know, cut that off, cut inside, and try to beat him that way. Yeah, Bud's just not been, he's just not, he's not a good pass rusher. I mean, he's just not a consistently good pass rusher. He has his moments. T.J. Watt has his moments, but they're just that. I mean, they're just moments, right? They got to be consistently better because, and because they're not, and because the defensive line isn't, the Steelers are trying to bring pressure in more and more creative ways. And they've already had to do this in 2017. You're seeing them do it even more in 2018. When you look at that last drive the Bengals had in that football game, you know, how many times did, did the Steelers try to bring Cam Sutton or Mike Hilton or some sort of delayed blitz to try and get pressure on Dalton because it wasn't happening from the defensive line and it wasn't happening at the outside linebacker position. And that's where the Steelers are right now. Yes, we are getting pressure at times. Yes, the sack numbers are high, but the consistency is the real problem there at outside linebacker and at and on, on the defensive line. And they've got to be better. Again, they've got the talent there. Watt is good, and I think getting better. Bud, you know, again, he's been better this year. Still not the player we need him to be. But these guys got to get better and more consistent as the as the year goes on. At corner. This is where the dumpster fire is happening, and it's happening at outside corner opposite of Joe Hayden. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Hayden's playing like a true number one corner at times. I should say at times. There are also times where he looks like, you know, Joe Hayden's lost a step and get this guy out of the league and all that. I mean, it's not like Hayden's had a perfect year, but he's still the best cornerback this team has had since Ike Taylor. And again, there are times out there where Joe Hayden looks like a shutdown guy. Um, opposite of him, though, I think, I think it is kind of our perception of Joe Hayden is... Again, it is kind of tainted by the fact that opposite of Joe Hayden, 
is a revolving door of Artie Burns, Cody Sensabaugh, and Cam Sutton, none of which have been good and already has been outright terrible at times. Look no further than the tape against the Cincinnati Bengals. He feels like he just lost his confidence. It feels like he's really lost his confidence, and it's shot, and I'm not sure it's coming back. As I said, the bye week comes at a good time for him. The Steelers do have these two weeks now to work out what they want to do at outside corner. Maybe it's Patrick Peterson, but they got to do something. I mean, this team is not going to get any better by playing Artie Burns there. They're not going to get any better by playing Cody Sensabaugh there. Maybe Cam Sutton, although again, realistically, it feels like with Morgan Burnett's injury, the Steelers are forced into a situation where they have to play Cam Sutton in that dime role, where I think Cam Sutton has been bad. I don't. I, again, I don't think Cam Sutton is the right fit at dime linebacker. He is just out there getting bodied by these big, these big tight ends or you know whoever he's asked to cover in the dime. It's just it's not a good situation for this team. And so when we talk about Patrick Peterson, could we bring him in? I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense looking at where the Steelers are at corner right now. Joe Hayden's been good, not great. He's been very good at times. But but opposite him, this this whoever's out there, whether it's Burns, whether it's Sensabaugh, again when it's Sutton in the dime, I mean. Teams are just feasting on these guys. Hilton's been very good at nickel. He needs to stay healthy, but Hilton's been very, very good at nickel. Uh, I just, I really worry where the Steelers are at at outside corner right now, opposite of Joe Hayden. I just don't think I, the problem for me projecting to the second half of the year is I don't think the I don't think the answer is on the roster right now, and that's why I am really high on the Steelers taking Patrick Peterson. You know, look the defensive line. We could talk about the defensive line not being good so far, but the talent at least is on the roster, and you can, again, you got to think Hayward and Tewitt are going to play better and more consistent as the year goes on. That's the only way this team's going to get better. At, at inside linebacker, you know, could the Steelers bring in a better inside linebacker? Of course. But, again, inside linebacker hasn't been the problem so far. Bostic and Williams have been very good against the run. Yes, they are a liability at times in coverage, but the Steelers have waiting in the wings there. LJ Fort, Matthew Thomas, who can both be good at, in their spots, if the Steelers elect to do that. And again, I think they should. At, at, at outside linebacker, you know, you've, you've got TJ Watt, who you got to believe in. He's your former first-round pick. He has six sacks. Yes, he needs to be more consistent. Bud, same thing. He's got to be better. He's better in coverage. Got to be better as a pass rusher. Not Probably not going to be that, but again, hasn't been terrible so far in 2018. And you have Ola Dini waiting around, and I hope the Steelers give Ola Dini a shot. Uh, but I look at the cornerback situation, and I say, you know, Patrick Peterson here, fills a spot that the Steelers aren't going to be able to fill on the roster unless you believe that Artie Burns is going to go from being one of the worst cornerbacks in the league right now and not starter capable in any way to being a starter capable corner in the next six, eight weeks. There's no answer on the roster. I mean, maybe it's Cody Sensible. You know, maybe it's Cam Sutton. I just, I mean, and it's not going to be Cam Sutton because he has to play dime. I just don't think, I don't think there's an answer on the roster. And that's why I'm really high on the Steelers getting Patrick Peterson. At safety, injuries have really decimated this position, and everybody's being asked to do too much. Terrell Edmonds is out there playing starting strong safety now and being asked to play in their cover two looks as a deep safety at times, and then also closer to the line of scrimmage, playing some man. I, you know, Edmonds is being asked to do everything, and, and we knew going into the year that if that were going to be the case, he was going to struggle. He has so far. I don't think it's of his doing. Uh, again, injuries have, have meant that have forced him into a bad spot, and Nat Burr going down as well. I mean, with with Burnett going down, that forced Edmonds into the starting spot. With Burr going down, that's forced Cam Sutton into that spot in dime where I don't think he's doing well. 
either. I mean, the injuries at safety have really hurt this football team down the line. Sean Davis has been a, a bright spot here. I don't think he's been terrible at free safety. And again, that was another worry going into the year that, that Sean Davis at free safety was, again, going to be this dumpster fire. And it has not been that by any stretch. I've been pleasantly surprised with Sean Davis at free safety. So looking at this defense as a whole, there's just not enough playmakers on this defense right now. You know, every every position is, eh, this fine, it's fine here, it's fine there. You know, a bunch of average players not make an average defense. I mean, Cam Hayward can't be the only playmaker that this defense has. He certainly shouldn't be the best pass rusher this team has. They got to get better play out of their outside linebackers. They've got to get better play out of Stephon Tua in that defensive line. The talent is on the roster to do that, right? I mean, Stephon Tuitt, we've seen the talent level that he's had in the past. He's got to get back there. TJ Watt has been very good at times. He's got to be more consistent there. And again, the talent is there. Those guys can be better, and if they are, then this defense overall will be better. But they're also not going to get through the AFC with the secondary as it exists today. There's no way they're getting by New England, Kansas City, San Diego, and those high-powered offenses with a revolving door at cornerback. They've got to find an answer at cornerback. Is it Artie Burns? Is it Cody Sensabaugh? Is it Cam Sutton? They've got to find someone there that they trust, and they trust for the majority of the reps. Can't continue to be that revolving door. The answer could be Patrick Peterson. The answer could legitimately be Patrick Peterson and bring him in and put him at that outside corner position. It's a long shot. I get it's a long shot. The salary thing makes it very difficult. The the compensation and giving up a first-round pick makes it almost impossible to consider the Steelers as a real contender to, to trade for Patrick Peterson. But Patrick Peterson is the answer to the biggest problem the Steelers have right now. It's not the only problem they have, but the revolving door at cornerback is the biggest problem they have because we can talk about the defensive line and how inconsistent they've been. But as I said, the talent is there. And if the defensive line gets better, and if the pass rush gets more consistent between Tuit and Watt and Dupree, and if those guys do start playing better in the second half of the year, they're still not getting by San Diego, they're still not getting by New England, and they're still not getting by Kansas City with the situation at outside corner as it exists today. So unless you believe that Cam Sutton is all of a sudden going to turn into this starting outside corner that they can count on, or Cody Sensabaugh, or Artie Burns, they're not getting. They're going to have to get go through a combination of probably two of Kansas City, New England, and San Diego to get to find their way into the Super Bowl. And with Artie Burns or Cody, Cody Sensabaugh starting an outside corner, I just don't see it right now. That's where this defense is. They got a lot of problems. They got to be more consistent in a lot of different areas. But even in the areas where we think the talent is there, even if they were consistent in those areas, I have no belief in the secondary and the way it's playing specifically at corner to believe that this team is going to play well enough defensively to stop a team like San Diego, to stop a team like New England, or to stop a team like Kansas City enough to get a win. And that's and I think that's where this defense is right now going into 2018. So I hope, I hope even if it's not Patrick Peterson, I hope there is something else this team can do to fix that situation at outside corner because I think it is a fatal flaw on this defense right now. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for Crossover Wednesday right here on Locked on Steelers.